1: Welcome into the Atlanta Inquirer podcast, and let's talk some hoops, let's just dive right into it. Jeremy Warner, Atlanta Inquirer publisher, with Derek Piper, our Atlanta Enquirer lead basketball reporter, Derek, we need some basketball talk. We're already, what, mid-September, and uh, we're recording this right before the Maryland game, so maybe the tone changes after that, or maybe people are already ready to turn the page to basketball. Sadly, that's been the case far too often, but basketball is something to certainly be excited about around uh, the Illinois way, um, which is a great thing, because a couple years ago, that certainly wasn't the case, and today we'll talk about Brad Underwood getting an extension because of that, an exciting recruiting weekend as well. So, no matter what, you got Illinois basketball to look forward to, Illinois fans.
0: You do have that. You can lean on that for now. Um I'm not saying for now is that that's going to change or anything. And look, regardless of how football is going to go at a certain place, if you have a top 15 caliber basketball team, you're going to get excited. But it is unfortunate that that tide is starting to turn a little bit. Hopefully, for, for those that you and Joey that write about it weekly, for Lon and I to talk about on the radio that Illinois football can give us something Uh, to talk about in terms of this game and and be competitive and be relevant for a little bit longer. But uh, first practice for Brad and company about 11 days away. So that's exciting. Uh, Big 10 media days early on next month. So it's going to come hot and heavy here. And we had Andre Curbelo on the radio yesterday and he said that uh, I asked him how things are going, how things are looking. He's like, we're going to be we're going to be good. So (laughs) I don't think he was surprising anybody, but definitely a confident bunch and, and a team that should Again, compete at the top of
1: the Big Ten. I agree with them. I think they're going to be pretty good. Uh, because when you return an All-American center, uh, who's going to be a first-team All-American preseason pick, and we'll see those basketball magazines start to come out. But Kofi Coburn, a National Player of the Year candidate, um, uh, one of the biggest forces you've ever seen in a lot of basketball history, then a guy we think can be an All-Big Ten uh, first or second-team player in and Andre Curbelo, Trent Frazier, Demonte Williams, you add Omar Payne and, and Alfonso Plummer, and you got you know the X-Factors of Austin Hutcherson and, and Coleman Hawkins. It's an exciting team to think about, despite losing one of the best players of all time in Io DeSumo, who you will um, sh- you know, have some struggles without him at the end of games. But, uh, Derek, I was just thinking, this is one of the first years in a while I, I don't have to think about who's going to be at Big Ten Media Days. We didn't have it last year, uh, but this year... I think it's pretty clear it should be Kofi, Andre Corbello, and Trent Frazier. It seems pretty clear cut there.
0: I think so as well. I know that in terms of veteran leadership and and a guy that's been around a long time, Demonte Williams would be on that list. I'm pretty sure that he would go with the permanent marker and cross his name out uh, to make sure that he didn't have to go through that, um, something that he doesn't Really enjoy talking to us, and I think that maybe that's in his nightmare sitting in a ballroom <laughs> right. and uh, having to deal with us for for an hour. But uh, yeah, those three headliners for sure uh, are automatic.
1: All right, so Brad Underwood gets an extension. Uh, it's a one-year extension. It's a bit more money for Brad Underwood. A lot with the. We'll see what the details of the bonuses are whenever they release that full thing. But um, it's a little bit yearly annual bonus. It's certainly. Goes from number 12 last year to, to what I saw based on last year's numbers, he'd be number seven. So certainly a, a top 10 salary as Illinois put out in its press release yesterday. More guaranteed money for Brad Underwood, completely guaranteed money for the next four years despite what happened. So. If the unforeseen happens, Brett Underwood's getting paid $16.7 million from Illinois regardless. But it's also a way higher buyout for Underwood to get out of this. And the little stipulation uh, that our buddy Brett Barron's WCIA, uh, got the details on this is a Big Ten team, if they want to steal Brett Underwood, from the way I read this, Derek, it costs right now $20 million. So that means it's not going to happen. <laughs> For any other school right now, it'd be $10 million. Um, it gives security to Underwood, certainly. This is his biggest payday he's ever had. I mean, Oklahoma State only paid him $1.2 million four years ago, and that's why Illinois was able to, to steal him away. Uh, Josh Whitman does not want that to happen at Illinois. And it seems pretty clear, Derek, some people are like, why would you do this now now? you want to keep the guy happy who has done this for your program. Like he has been the head of it. Of course, Orlando Antigua and Chin Coleman played a big role. Brad Underwood hired them. Brad Underwood led them. Right. And Brad Underwood is the head coach here. And after this off season of getting Kofi back, of putting together a staff that I think you and I think has been pretty impressive so far in this off season, you, you keep that guy happy you, on your end. You keep him here for a little bit longer. You don't lose this momentum. So Josh Whitman, Uh, I think this was a slam dunk for both sides to get this done, Derek.
0: Yeah, it certainly was. And Josh Whitman, a bear hug kind of guy, wrapping his arms tightly around Brad Underwood saying, you're not going anywhere. I'm showing you the love and appreciation that you've deserved. You you came to Illinois and said you are going to change the culture. You said you're going to win a lot of basketball games, bring back the excitement in the Safe Farm Center. And he's done all those things. And uh, that is something that deserves the type of commitment that they made to him to give him the fully guaranteed four years coming up and it is proactive in terms of having a conversation with another school might say, okay, Illinois is going to go again and win a bunch of games. And uh, they've already been the most successful team in the conference the past over the course of the past two years, won more games than anybody. And I think that stat probably holds up after this season as well. So instead of having someone come along and initiate discussions, it's already, okay, you got $10 million buyout thrown out right away that you got to, Try to climb over that. Uh, and he's going to be, as it was released, a top 10 paid coach in terms of annual compensation in college basketball. So uh, that is a very good move. Uh, Josh Whitman did a did a great job in, in picking Brad Underwood as his guy. And he is making sure that that right call is going to stay in place in Champaign.
1: Yeah, you don't want Bill Self happening again, though. If Kansas comes calling, you never, you never, uh, you never safe. Uh, if the NBA comes calling like you did for Lon Kruger, you're never safe. But uh, I think this makes a lot of sense for for both parties, Derek. And you know, some people might see it as late in the off season, but I you could also see it as proactive because we're getting Kofi back. This is going to be a top twenty five team. Like like the bottom of the possibilities, barring a rash of ridiculous injuries. This team's going to be a top five Big Ten team, right? It's going to be a top 25 national team. So Underwood's stock is not going to (laughs) fall, in my opinion. So you might as well get it done now, and then you might save yourself some money at this time next year. So uh, his stock is not falling after this year. People can ask, well, what happens after Kofi Coburn leaves? Well, Kofi Coburn's here for another year. Andre Kerbel, could he leave after this year if he has a great year? Yeah, but that's those are good things to have when your guys are leaving like that. Plus, they're recruiting well. Omar Payne is there at center, so it's not like uh, the cupboard is all, all of a sudden blank. I, I still think they're going to be a very good program. And they seem like, Derek, for the long term here, at least as long as we can see in college basketball now, which is, what, a year or two, um, they are going to be one of the better programs in the Big Ten.
0: Yeah, fully agree with that. They have things rolling, and you mentioned what they're bringing in recruiting-wise, and I think there is belief in uh, being able to develop Coleman Hawkins and some other guys in that program to, to bring them up. And when you have Jaden Epps and Sear Harris, top 100 guards, so you're still bringing in high-caliber talent. And while there is questions that life after Kofi, I, I, there's a lot of excitement internally about Omar Payne. I know he still has to sh- prove that, show that yeah. that is a former top 50 caliber player uh, in his class, very athletic. And it wouldn't be su- – I don't know if it says a ton, but it wouldn't be super hard for Omar to be the second best center that Illinois has had in the past decade plus. Um, <laughs> no knock on your guy, Nana Egwu, or uh, go back a little bit farther, Mike Tisdale. It just hasn't been a whole lot there. But uh, I understand those that might say, okay, life after Kobe, what does it look like? But they're doing pretty well. And, and Chester Fraser and-, and the rest of his staff, they've been able to round out. Uh, seem like they're in a good position. to Keep it going.
1: I don't think life after Kofi looks quite like life after Luka Garza for Iowa, right? Like, and, and Joe good Wieskamp point. and all that, right? Um, all right. I'm looking at the last year's salaries. Last year, these are the coaches that were paid more than $4.1 million, which is what Brad Underwood will make this year. Uh, plus, he's got bonuses, right? So he can make, what, four and a half, something like that, probably. John Calipari, Mike Shashevsky, Jay Wright, Chris Beard, Rick Barnes, Roy Williams. Pretty good group, pretty good group, and and Tom Izzo was that is right whole group's there.
0: gone to the Final Four, right? <laughs> yeah. Everybody in that group's probably been to the Final Four.
1: Yeah, and that's that's where a lot of fans would be like, hey, you know, one tournament win so far for Brad Underwood. He's only had two tournament games, but uh, yeah, that's the next step, obviously, for this program, and, and we'll see what they can do. But I think it's far too early to to label him as a guy like. Uh, you know, Mark Turgeon, I get Maryland fans want want to win more tournament games. I don't think we're quite there with, with Brad Underwood yet. So that'll be a discussion for another day. But you don't, you just don't, you don't leave open the opportunity for that guy to leave after you've built up this much momentum, Derek.
0: Fully agree with that. Absolutely. And I think that there'd be a full expectation for this group to be able to advance into that second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Uh, and that this is going to be a regular thing now. Illinois' position to be. Year in and year out, even if they do lose Kofi this offseason, if they were to lose Curbelo, you uh, would think with the opportunity the transfer portal and just some surrounding towns say each and every year, hey, this is still a team that can go to the NCAA tournament. That's ultimately what you've been wanting for a program that's not that far removed from a long drought where that was a question year in and year out.
1: All right, Derek, to do that, you got to land even better talent year after year. And Illinois is trying to do that. Good starts to the class of uh, 2022 so far, but they're trying to add some pieces to the front court. Let's talk about one piece they missed on and some uh, other pieces that are visiting this weekend, including some younger prospects, in-state prospects as well. A big recruiting weekend for Illinois basketball. We'll talk about that next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. All right, Derek, sometimes our crystal balls don't work out. I've I've been there, mm. and uh, I hate to bring that up. But Cam Corrin goes to Florida State. You've said all along uh, that Florida State, once they got involved, that was a scary proposition for Illinois because despite Illinois' success last year, Florida State may be under the radar somehow for some college basketball fans. They're one of the best NBA factories right now in college basketball. All the lottery picks he's had, including Patrick Williams, Scotty Barnes, top five picks the last couple of years. and go on and on about them. Uh, but also getting sweet 16s almost every year. So despite them focusing on their underachieving football program, that basketball program has been fantastic. But uh, Illinois has wasted a little time in, in widening the net there uh, for some centerpieces. But what do, what is the impact of missing on Cam Corn? It's
0: a pretty big miss. I think that if you were back in the summer and really excited about landing Epps and Sincere Harrison, you're trying to pencil in who's going to surround them in the class. The first name you would you put down is Cam Corn, just based on the relationship. Again, that it was along the same lines of Chester Frazier, bringing that over when he was hired at Illinois from his pre-established relationships back at Virginia Tech. And I said it throughout the summer, Cam Corn's comments about his relationship with Chester and how much he liked him and, um uh, his reactions to Illinois being all in on him were as strong as anybody, stronger than Jaden Epps and Sincere Harris. Uh, he said that Chester was like a big brother to him. So uh, I know that we've seen in the past that sometimes that doesn't always lead to uh, commitments at the very, very end. And like you said with Florida State, when they got in with an offer in May, it was clear right at that point that he fits the mold of that long athletic big man that Florida State's had plenty of here recently. And, and Illinois NBA hasn't is,
1: had enough, right? Like, that's not not that, enough, that, no. Because like, he's, like, he's a four slash five, right? Like, And it's yes. just like, that's the one piece that, yep, Florida State has like eight of them. Illinois is trying to get that one. We'll see if Coleman Hawkins can be that, of course.
0: Right, and they always have that type of mold in the front court and and you pair it with the NBA success when you can sit down and say, Hey, in the past three years, you've had six NBA draft picks. And I think maybe four in the first round, uh, that's hard to compete with. I know that really resonated uh, with his family and uh, ultimately while Illinois had him and his parents on campus twice for two official visits, uh, there was talk like, Hey, if we don't shut it down the second time, and get a commitment on the visitor shortly after he makes that trip to FSU, we're probably going to be sweating it. And they were able to, them being the Seminoles, close that down. Uh, Like you said, they're pivoting and and trying to see what else is out there as far as front court options. They're not being desperate, and they are, even for guys that they're getting involved with, still keeping in mind, are they ultimately going to be a take for us because they don't want to force the issue and take a big just because they need a big because there's going to be some reclass potential and then, of course, in the transfer portal. So uh, Creest as Sandoko, that one is hard to say, but out in North Carolina, he's originally from France. They made his top seven. They visited him last week. I don't know that Illinois is pushing there. They're involved. They're, uh, he's, he's a three-star, mid-three-star type of uh, big man, a, a lumbering guy, like 6'11", 260, similar to Kofi as far as body type. Uh, but I'm not sure that they're going to press. They're, they're just staying in the mix and staying involved. Uh, Jackson Kohler is a very skilled post. It's not the best athlete, but kind of Cam Crutwig, yeah. a little smaller, Luca Garza. Uh, he's getting a lot of Big Ten interest, like Iowa official visit, Michigan State official visit. He's taking both of those. A lot of buzz about Sparty here recently. Illinois is trying to push, but they're playing from behind. Uh, then one other one, William Berg from Sweden. Everybody really? knows that name, or, or they're trying to. Uh, at this point, seven foot one big man does have an offer from Purdue and Matt Painter does know how to pick him in, in terms of those just humongous, enormous Isaac Haas kind of Matt uh, harms big men down low. So Purdue is interested. Uh, Illinois is giving it a look. They offered him uh, and he's got to wait with COVID and everything, not able to come over to the States and take visits. But he will be interested in doing that. And Illinois will be one of his stops if it gets to that point.
1: Yeah, I know some Illini fans are like, "Ah, what do you think of this guy? Is this worth the offer? And I'm like, Purdue offered? Matt Painter offered? Yeah, I'll I'll get in on that guy. Um, By the way, Isaac Haas. I mean, we're around Kofi Coburn. Isaac Haas is the biggest in, in most imposing man I've stood next to in the tunnel of Mackey Arena, like just a, a massive, massive human being. And I haven't stood next to Zach Edey yet. Who's even bigger uh, than, than Isaac Haas. So uh, th- those are gonna be some fun battles, man uh, in the big 10 with, with Michigan, Purdue, Illinois. I think that's why you see those teams uh, are the top three. Cause they're, they're big men are just dominant. All right, Derek, we did wonder can Tim Anderson, who is a late hire late in the summer, Can he make an impact of the class of 2022? Well, this weekend seems like the best chance for that four-star Michigan wing Ty Rogers is taking a visit very highly linked prospect Michigan and Michigan State the home state schools are very in on him but he is a Mean Streets player Tim Anderson obviously tied in uh, to the Mean Streets program in Chicago there was the director of Mean Streets for those that don't know uh, for several years uh, what do you think of, of Ty Rogers making this official visit uh, to Illinois and, and what do you think the possibilities like how, how good of a chance does Illinois have here
0: it says that Tim Anderson's pitch to him is at least resonating. Like he's really worked it hard. They offered early August. So they watched him during Peach Jam and he really played exceptionally. I know that Brad Underwood personally targeted him and thought of him as a one of his favorite players on the circuit. It's just the question of is it worth our effort? Are we getting in way too late? Because Michigan and Michigan State had offered the summer of 2020 and had him on campus and everything. But uh, with Tim Anderson having the end with the Mean Streets, Uh, He was he was working it for a a month. And then ultimately, when you had the open period, they went out and saw him and were able to lock down an official visit. So to bring him in this weekend, uh, that at least shows that he's open to listening. Uh, And I think that he's he would be a really, really good fit in terms of. His toughness, the way he plays, his versatility—six foot six, six foot seven—kind of a do-it-all forward. Doesn't shoot the three, maybe that's the one knock on his game. But uh, they think that he's one of the best, if not the best, two-way player in the class. Uh, he's just really, really great defensively with his athleticism, with his length, and he has great instincts. Then he can go to the rim. He's physical. He gets on the glass. They don't have a player like him. They have someone in Demonte Williams who right. does some similar things. Just hit four inches shorter, uh, and they are going to lose Demonte Williams. They could lose Jacob Grandison after this year. So I think there's a lot of opportunity to sell tie on in terms of coming in and playing right away, uh, and then having someone he's familiar with, and Tim Anderson, someone that is very involved in the development piece, the development part of of the game with, with his history, his track record. Uh, so they do have a good sell. It's just whether or not you can ultimately pull him out of that state. And there is some, there is some buzz here recently. There's been some speculation that ty might want to leave michigan that he might be interested actually in and going to in alabama or maybe in illinois xavier's been in there uh, but there's differing opinions on how real that actually is he's going to take an official visit to east lansing in october so that shows me that he's still very serious about staying in state michigan i'm not sure how how deep they are in at this point but he's going to be a tough get. i I think that he's I wouldn't say long shot, but it's gonna be a tough one for him to pull off. but uh, we'll see Ty stays pretty low key on his recruitment and what he he puts out there. Uh, and we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, um, you mentioned Demonte. Of course, Demonte's turned into this like elite three-point shooter. So it's almost like what we knew about Demonte is all different. But as a prospect, it's like four inches taller. Demonte, um, tough nose, versatile, uh, can can be a high flyer a little bit. Uh, a Justin Smith kind of player. It feels like you know, and, and that's a a transfer name from the past, a Big Ten name from the past, but a kind of piece that Illinois has kind of lacked. That high flyer. Uh, Michigan State's always got a bunch of them, right? Like those are the kind of guys that that Illinois hasn't had. Um, Sincere Harris, the commit, visiting this weekend too, so he gets to help with that pitch. But a few... local uh, Illinois-born 2023 recruits that are visiting as well for unofficials this weekend, Derek. Let's start with Jeremy Fears, Jr. And for a kid born in Will County, that name is familiar because Jeremy Fears was a stud player out of Joliet. I think he played at Ohio, I believe is where he went. Uh, and uh, his son now, Jeremy Fears, Jr., is one of the top point guard prospects in the class of 2023. Uh, was at Joliet, then transferred to La Lumiere Prep in Indiana, which we know well from Jalen Coleman Land and Shane Hireman and all of that um so Jeremy Fears Jr another trip this is a second trip and uh given their their point guard pipeline that is building at Illinois it seems still so weird after all those years of not having point guards um this this is a good sell I mean given what happened with Io Andres Feliz and Andre Corbello and then Jade Nepp's coming up uh it seems like the sells resonating Derek.
0: It definitely is. It it definitely is. And you're thinking about life after Curbelo, especially in that class. I think that there's a chance, as we've talked about, that Jaden Epps is going to play a big role at the point guard position if uh, Curbelo were to make that jump this year. But Jeremy Fears is a guy that they've targeted right away for a long time. And really, once Jeff Alexander was promoted, he's pressed the gas very, very hard on building that relationship. Uh, making sure that he's a big priority. And, he, and while they're focusing a lot on 2022, they they want to make it clear in 23, especially for an in-state guy that, uh, look, we want you a lot, and we're going to put the time in. A guy who played Brad Beal Elite on the AAU circuit, and he's shown that in terms of his quickness and his passing ability, those two things in particular, he's one of the best in that class. At He does need to get better as a shooter, uh, but a guy that played the USA basketball national team at U16 level that just, just went down to Mexico and, and won the, the gold down there. Uh, so he is a guy that has a lot of ability. He's being pursued heavily by a couple other contenders in the Big Ten. Michigan, he was just there last weekend for a visit. He's going to Indiana uh, later this month as well. And Indiana is probably Illinois' biggest competition at this point. Uh, I think they're, they're neck and neck. And some might say Illinois has a little bit of a lead, a little bit of an advantage. Uh, but he would be a really nice guy to just add to the fold and just be part of that, that pipeline that uh, whatever you've had going here and you throw Trent Frazier in the mix yeah. as well. Just, it's a very attractive style to play. Uh, and now you have the track record of guards that have had a lot of success in this system. And I think that that's a great sell to a guy like Jeremy fierce.
1: And guards that can coexist and be successful together. I think that's been a great thing for Illinois as well. Uh, last one for you, Derek, before we let you go, Ty Pence, uh, as local of a prospect as you can get outside of, you know, the Centennial and central kids around. And, uh, Centennial had that pipeline in the early uh, or late two thousands there, but, uh, all right, St. Joseph Ogden kid, really good shooter, long, pretty good athlete as well. Illinois got into this recruitment early with an offer. Obviously, it's very early in this recruitment, but but he's visiting this weekend. Um, what do you hear on Ty Pence?
0: I know that Brett Underwood and Chester Frazier were in to see him earlier this week in a workout and uh, liked what they saw. Obviously, like you said, some of the skill set pieces and his athleticism. He has the length of six. six. He's a bouncy athlete. Uh, he's got great range as far as his three-point shot. Uh, I think based on what I saw from him over the summer and back in the spring, I think he's off the dribble game. He's needs a little bit more advancement. He's a little bit more comfortable, especially against high-level athletes taking them off the dribble. But uh, he's got a, a good amount of upside and, and looks like he can be a definitely a system player within the Big Ten. Uh, I think he will as he progresses, if he has a, a strong summer here coming up uh, next year, might have some other Big Ten options if they even – bother spending their time because I think the way it's been phrased and what Ty has said, he grew up an Illinois fan, has an Illinois family. Like, they've gone to games for a long time. If Illinois presses, they'll be able to close this down. That is the belief there. Uh, I think they might still be patient on that, still wait a little bit and and still evaluate him. Uh, But they are definitely keeping that contact up and having him on campus. And uh, they like what they've seen. And and he's going to have to continue to show it. But uh, not bad to have a a nice – prospect like that who, look, I mean, the, the mid-majors, if he does not go high major, would love to have him yeah. To have that in your backyard is a nice advantage to
1: have. I hate to go the white shooter thing, but the, Purdue has done this right. Like Ryan Smith and uh, Sasha Stefanovich, like just good role players that that come up big for those guys. Around some good big men and a good league guard, uh, you need you need those guys in a program. So it'd be interesting to see how aggressive Illinois gets at some point in this recruitment. Uh, Ten days away from practice, Derek. Uh, is is it all aboard the Austin Hutcherson? Train here is that what we're doing? I mean, Omar Payne too, getting a lot of a lot of buzz. It seems like,
0: yeah. Here recently, recent weeks, no one's been talked about more than Omar Payne and his roommate, which I found out uh, from Corbello is actually Andre. Uh, I didn't know that. It is a big part of just letting everybody know that this guy is is legit. Uh, when I talked to Fletch a couple of weeks ago, hearing that he's got what a seven six wingspan and what they said was a forty four, forty two, forty four inch vertical, like. Uh, That is just insane. Uh, And he's playing really well uh, in terms of what he's bringing at both ends of the floor. He's great in the pick and roll. Uh, And Austin Hutcherson, we're not all aboard quite yet. It's been a lot of really good stuff. And even when you'll talk to people around the program and still be like, listen, I understand why fans are hesitant, like, they should be for a guy that hasn't played a game in two years. But I don't, I don't know if fans are.
1: I don't know if fans are. You and I are just like, okay, I got to see it first, right? Like, yeah. It's just like, hey, it looks great on paper. And they see the the highlight reels. Looks great. You just got to see it in person. But it's great that he's like a huge X factor, that Coleman Hawkins is an X factor. Because you're so strong at center now with Kofi and Omar Payne. You're so strong at point guard with, with Trent Frazier and Andre Corbello and you have some solid wings coming back. Uh, Alfonso Plummer obviously gives you a lot of firepower, but uh, a 6-6 athletic shooter is something they lack. So if he can be that, uh, man, this roster gets even even more dangerous.
0: Absolutely. And if there were some different breaks throughout the offseason, say Trent Fraser doesn't decide to come back and say Kofi Coburn decides to stay in the draft and you don't land in Alfonso Plummer, all of a sudden the pressure on Hutcherson really panning out is enormous and you're going to have to have that guy uh, really carry a, a decent burden uh, going into the season and really pan out. Now it's not like, not that if he gets hurt early and don't want to even bring that up with him because I, I would like to see him play this out uh, for a guy that's battled that back injury for a long, long time now. Uh, but they aren't solely relying on him. Even if he has some struggles, even if it's a slow start, they have other firepower in that backcourt. They have the big man in Kofi they can Lean pretty heavily on in terms of offensive production. But he, yeah, would just be a huge boost if he does give you, say, it's off the bench, nine points, 10 points a game, and shoots a high percentage from three. Like that would be a really nice thing to have in the mix with Plummer off the bench, Coleman Hawkins, Omar Payne. You'd have more reason, as we've talked about, potential to have a lot of depth. And, and that is something to be excited about.
1: Yeah, and I kind of like – we haven't talked about the schedule that much. I'm not a big schedule guy, but I do like that they have two exhibitions – where a guy like Austin Hutcherson could get 20 minutes, right? Coleman Hawkins could get 20 minutes, Um, Jackson state, Arkansas state to, to start the season. He can get some meaningful playing time to get some confidence. Cause I mean, with Kofi and Andre Crabello and Trent and all these guys, like you should be able to blow these teams out. Right. Uh, And then you get to Marquette and Cincinnati and, and either Arkansas or Kansas state. Like I like the way that kind of builds up this year, that you have those opportunities. I mean, Austin Hutcherson hasn't played at State Farm Center with fans, right? Like To actually do that will be, uh, I think, very beneficial for all these guys, but especially a guy like Hutcherson and and Hawkins to kind of get into the season.
0: Yeah, I fully agree with that. And even when you look at Marquette, not to say that still going on the road and facing a high major team isn't going to be a challenge, but a team that lost all five of their starters. uh, I think that it would be easy to kind of sit there and say, oh, I wish Marquette was maybe a little bit more up than they have been, or Arizona a little bit more up than they have been. It's it's a favorable non-conference schedule. If you do uh, meet up with Arkansas and Kansas City, that's going to be a tough one, the toughest of the non-con on paper, at least so far. But like you said, it is it is a nice, easy build-up early. Allow those guys to get confidence. See for the freshmen if you have anything. Can a uh, Luke Goody give you some minutes? Uh, R.J. Melendez, Pop Jemsky, how does that kind of play out? But you should be – yeah in, involved in some blowouts there uh and look in terms of exhibition games we did have benjamin Bossman's for catch take the nation by not the nation maybe the champagne county oh, by storm.
1: nation by storm <laughs> uh
0: with three threes in 11 minutes yeah. but uh it is good for confidence and, and seeing what you have there
1: yeah and uh this is a team like i this is finally like one of those teams Derek, where. I don't think you'll have to worry about strength of schedule. The Big Ten, well, I think the bottom of it is way weaker. Like, finally, uh, this isn't the deepest Big Ten, right? I think this is a very top-heavy Big Ten this year. Top half of the league could probably make the tournament. Maybe you get one or two bubble teams, but I think there's five, maybe six teams that don't really have that much of a chance of of making the tournament. So you're going to have plenty of wins there, but you're still going to have be tested you're gonna be battle tested by the time you get ready for the tournament you'll have enough resume boosting wins that I'm not too concerned about that uh, with the non-conference as well good to talk hoops Derek uh, to, to get some football out of our minds maybe maybe after tonight, maybe. uh Maryland you'll you feel a little bit better but basketball is just around the corner uh thanks for joining us man always appreciate it
0: absolutely always fun and maybe Vegas knows something seven points against yeah. Maryland. Who
1: knows? I, I think Illinois will score some points. This could look bad in about five hours, but I think Illinois football's <laughs> offense could score some points. All right, thanks for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Appreciate it, as always. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, rate us, review us. That always helps us out. Everybody have a great time at the football game, or if you're hearing this going back, uh, have a safe trip home. It's going to be a late night for Joey Wagner and I. But everybody, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast.